0: Hey guys, this is Stephen Davis at Feet for Thoughts. Um, yeah, just just popping on quickly. It's been a while since I've been on, um, and I had some really great call-ins from the last uh, program I did regarding my just thoughts on the Crazy new album. Haven't had a chance to get back and answer any of those call-ins. Uh, main reason being, our baby arrived on Wednesday, so that's a big reason why. <laughs> um, and the last two days, uh, my wife had to go to the hospital. So the two days before, she gave birth, had to go to the hospital to have some, you know, pre-surgery examinations and some injections and checks and all this sort of stuff. So I just didn't really have time to actually hop on anchor and and do anything there i didn't really want to didn't think it was appropriate for me to take time out to do that either um but yeah i I wanted to try and throw in a few minutes here to at least try and get in an answer to one call in. um i mean all the callings are from you know victoria um but i at least want to try and answer at least one of those this evening if i can so uh here
1: it is (laughs) I loved hearing your perspective on this. I know you've talked about Christian music before, but going through the lens of Lecrae's album really clarified your position for me. So that was really fun to hear. Um, I do have a couple questions. So the first question is, at what point do you say, okay, that's too far away <laughs> from what a biblical um, or, or a Christian base should be? I really enjoyed the band Gunger originally when it when i first started hearing their stuff because their lyrics really spoke to my heart with how straightforward and beautiful they were but then i watched a few interviews after they started coming out with some newer music i watched some interviews with them about their faith and i was like hmm this is not who i want to (laughs) get my worship songs from so i was just wondering what the litmus test is for you with artists
0: hey Victoria, so that was a really great question um excuse the noise in the background uh yeah what is the litmus test for christian music or you know biblical music or what have you i mean the thing is um for me personally i tend to draw a line between uh worship music and music in general so for me worship music is the kind of music i would listen to you know if i'm worshiping or the kind of music i would sing um in praise and adoration of the lord um or music i'd I'd want to listen to if i'm you know doing bible study or if i'm writing my book i tend to listen to worship music or sometimes when i'm working i tend to listen to it um but it's not so much um uh actually no let me rephrase that it's yeah, so i draw a line between that and other music that i wouldn't listen to for those reasons so for example i don't tend to consider rap music or christian rap music as worship that's not to say that there can never be worshipful content in it or worshipful objectives it's just it's not the kind of music i would listen to to kind of um i don't know suit that mood i guess um and i had this analogy for it and i can't really remember it, specifically what my analogy was but it's like for me um you can have some great love songs that are rap songs or hip-hop songs so you can write a great love song as a rap song but if i wanted to um serenade my wife i wouldn't necessarily rap a love song to her i would choose i would sing a love song to her and i kind of feel the same way about worship music if i wanted to worship god i wouldn't necessarily rap some of my favorite christian rap even though it may be deeply theological i wouldn't necessarily turn to that to be you know you know my choice so that's kind of where um i would differentiate so but i think you know where i where i kind of feel maybe the question is going or at least in relation to the topic i talked about um in terms of uh what is the litmus test for you know wh- where do i you know draw the line and say okay like this is now too far i'm not gonna go here um uh, worldview i think is is very important for me so um what someone is saying in their lyrics um can i listen to what they're saying and You know, is there anything I can pick out and say, oh, that's ungodly? Not in a sense of, oh, it doesn't mention Jesus, but in terms of the worldview that's perpetuated, can I hear it and think, oh, that's ungodly? Um, That would be my main litmus test now. A couple of years ago, maybe it would have been different. And again, with worship music, it may also be different as well. Um, uh, So, for example, a worship song. I personally, and this is my personal choice, a worship song I wouldn't listen to is the song that Tasha Cobbs recently did with Nicki Minaj. Now, the reason I wouldn't choose that song as a song I personally would want to worship is because I fundamentally disagree with Tasha Cobbs doing a song with Nicki Minaj. Now, allow me to qualify that because. As we know, Lecrae has a song with, for example, Ty Dolla Sign, who is also not a believer. So why am I cool listening to Blessings, but I'm not okay listening to Tasha Cobbs' song with Nicki Minaj? The main reason for that being is that Nicki Minaj is coming on the song claiming to to follow the same God who parted the Red Sea. So she's claiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Yet when you look at the life that she lives and the other song that she's released at the same time, that is not perpetuating to me a christian walk or a biblical worldview and i would have to ask like this is the question i have to ask if this was my sister like if this was someone in in my you know my church or someone i knew who was a believer who was living or portraying the kind of image that Nicki minaj is would i not want to pull them up on it and say do you realize that the way you're behaving is not bearing the image and name of god like you, you know that's actually blaspheming the name of god is you know or you know bearing the name in vain is you know we find the 10 10 commandments most people think that's just saying the word god or you know oh my god or something like that well no um it actually is actually talking about the language is talking about um for example the levites and how they would actually carry the ark of the covenant So the Levites would bear the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant was known as the name of Yahweh or the name of the Lord because his presence was actually called the name, Hashem. Um, And so when the Ten Commandments talk about bearing the Lord's name in vain, it's talking about carrying his name or the way that you um, represent him in public. So for someone like Nicki Minaj to claim to bear the name of Jesus or bear the name of the Lord um, and then walk in a way or live in a way that doesn't match up to that, to me, you're bearing the name in vain. And so because of that, that's, that's a song I can't co-sign. That's a song I can't really agree with in principle, whereas with Ty dollar Sign, they're talking about something that's very general, which is that God's blessings on you know on everybody whether you are just or unjust believer or unbeliever everyone gets the same general grace blessing and mercy and um the is bringing Ty dollar sign on that record and Ty dollar sign isn't claiming to be a christian he's just you know he's just giving that same message um now bearing all of that in mind um you know i think that's you know that's a very easy kind of or at least for me line to draw in terms of you know what the litmus test is you know it's, it's worldview and are, as as if as someone who's claiming to be a believer um how are you bearing his name um and i know some people would kind of look at that and say oh isn't that a bit judgmental uh, and this is where i'd say it now comes down to personal choice um or personal conviction and i'm going to reference a book that i've been reading i haven't finished it yet but it's called a uh, conscience what it is how to train it and loving those who differ so it's about um christians dealing with areas of disagreement, disagreement where it comes down to um you know things that your conscience may be trained to see as good or bad um and really the gist i think that i get from the book um which i think can apply to this situation with with anyone is I think you should be guided by your conscience, no matter where you are in a Christian walk or what you believe or how you feel about music, you should always be guided by your conscience. Um, and one of the points that this book makes, uh, I have a couple of notes on it, I'm just trying to bring them up, Um yeah so first thing to bear in mind is that no one's conscience perfectly matches god's will so no one has a perfect conscience but uh you should always obey your conscience because going against your conscience when you think it's warning you even if the action isn't sin in and of itself is always a sin in god's eyes because your intention is to sin so if you're con- if you're listening to a christian uh, or not even just a christian artist if you're listening to someone or listen to music or you know if you are listening to someone who is a christian and there is something about it that pricks your conscience um if you and you know in if you in yourself because of conscience sake feel like i shouldn't be listening to this or i shouldn't be supporting this artist, and yet you do it anyway in god's eyes that's sin because your intention is to ignore your conscience um and you should never really ignore your conscience you should always listen to it or you know try and listen to it um as much as possible um yeah so you sin against your conscience when you believe it is right but you refuse to uh, listen to it um but you can also calibrate your conscience so you can re you know kind of like rejig and recalibrate your conscience um and you calibrate your conscience when christ teaches you through his word that your conscience has been incorrectly warning you about a matter so you no longer listen to it on that matter so it may be that you're going through a transitional period and so you you know it's been revealed to you that, you know, this X, Y, Z is not actually wrong or sinful in and of itself, but you're still having to kind of adjust to that. So you kind of have to ignore your conscience when it's kind of trying to jab against you because, you know, because of knowledge that you've received or revelation that you've received, whichever, you know, avenues come from, this is actually OK. And, you know, and you're now retraining your conscience to see it as OK. But if it's just you're encountering it for the first time and your conscience is saying, no. Nope, this is wrong. Then I think that that should be everyone's personal litmus test, um, because just like with alcohol, you know, drinking alcohol in and of itself isn't wrong, but you know, to different people, drinking alcohol may be good or bad depending on their background. So, um, in a nutshell, that's kind of how I would approach it. Um, so yeah, it's it's really down to worldview. Um, you know, what kind of worldview is is the person putting across, and is it a worldview that I can agree with? Um, and that doesn't even necessarily mean that. I'm going to agree with them on every single doctrinal point because there are artists i listen to who i don't but you know what uh, if the, the kind of basics are there and i generally agree with your heart and your intentions um then yeah i'm gonna amen it i'm gonna to listen to it i'm gonna enjoy it so you know worldview is definitely one um not bearing the lord's name in vain or you know bearing the name of a follower of jesus christ but living a lifestyle contrary to that I'm not really gonna rock with what you're doing, which is why I don't, I wouldn't listen to someone like Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar or Chance the Rapper, even though, you know, people would say Chance the Rapper, he's, you know, he's on all these shows and he's proclaiming in the name of Jesus, but then on other songs you're still talking about, you know, uh, women and, and sex and, you know, using language and saying things that just a Christian shouldn't say. So for that reason, I'm gonna be like, eh, I'm okay. I don't really wanna listen to your music, you know? Um, and then the third thing will be conscience. Um, obey your conscience. Whatever your conscience is telling you, that's what you should do.
1: My second question I would just really love to expand the conversation. I'm not um, the kind of person to listen to an entire album of music, generally speaking. I mean, when it comes to Christian music in general, I tend to go for. Worship music in particular. I'm not really into listening to people's stories musically. That's just me I, I like hearing it more with like their spoken words or their written words um, That's just where I resonate the, the fastest I guess um, So I'd really love to expand the the topic of what constitutes Christian because I I completely agree with you that it doesn't have to talk about God in order to be part of God's kingdom and um, I think that's why movie illustrations are sometimes helpful for people to grab hold of biblical principles. So just expanding the topic. So, yeah, just to wrap that up, I, I just get really excited about people talking about the kingdom of God instead of people talking about just converting people over to Christianity and they they should be the same thing <laughs> but that's not what people mean when they talk about evangelism they mean talking to people about Jesus dying on the cross and becoming alive again when they believe in him um when really we're called to make disciples in the kingdom of God okay and uh so, yeah, so how we can communicate the kingdom through excellence in our own talents and abilities and supporting artists who do the same, that is a very interesting conversation to me and I would love to know if you have any other thoughts about that and whether whatever whatever aspect of talent um that happens to appeal to you, whether that's you know fiction works or whether that's um I don't know, movies or whether that's, um, dance or art or, um, trying to think of something that's not necessarily, or even, uh, in, in teaching math or in, uh, teaching science or, you know, the advances of technology or, um, archeology or like, you know, it could be anywhere and everywhere predicting the weather. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's a difference between sending a message to people and having a life of a testimony. So I guess that's really the question there is, at what point is it living your testimony and at what point is it actively sending a message?
0: Hey, Victoria, Um, I really love this question. And the reason I love this question is because it really hits on, you know, one of the central themes in my book, um, which is the kingdom of God. Obviously the book is called The Kingdom, The Body, The Bride. And the tabernacle, and the working definition that I use in the book for what the kingdom of God is, is that the kingdom of God is the world as it ought to be, or humanity as God intended, uh, man living according to the original blueprint that God devised for mankind. And if you know, we look in Genesis one twenty six, when He creates man, um, and we're told that He makes man in His image. And in his likeness, uh, we're actually, you know, it's actually defined what that means for us in the text. Um, you know, many people have assumed that, oh, to be made in God's image or to be made in his likeness is something to do with our appearance or maybe the fact that we're intelligent or the fact that we worship. Um, but I don't think it's actually that necessarily. I believe that the image is exactly what the text says, that we are to um, exercise dominion over the world, fill it and subdue it. Um, And that isn't meant to be something that's threatening or tyrannical. Um, I actually believe that it's what's summed up in the second greatest commandment, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And and also what we have in Genesis 2 when God um, commissions Adam to uh, tend the garden and keep it. So to kind of watch over it, guard it, cultivate it. And that's what I believe that we've been placed on this earth to do, to cultivate creation, to conform it to... You know, make creation the best that it can be because that's what God wants, and that He has infused us with creativity and ingenuity to be able to do that. Um, and so, if we're asking the question of what it means to be, you know, or, what, or rather, what makes something Christian, uh, really, what makes something Christian is what makes something kingdom. And what makes something kingdom is that, you know, you are living or doing this thing in the way that God intended for humanity to do it. Um, And I believe that the body of Christ is meant to be, you know, a a community of people or a body of people who um, do all sorts of things, not just, you know, talking about Jesus Christ and the cross. Yes, it's important because that's the means by which the kingdom was inaugurated and the kingdom of darkness really is being pushed back against and overturned because of the kingdom of God and really what we are now is we're a light to to the world, we're a light to the nations um, in that we are meant to be showing mankind this is the ideal way for human beings to live and this is the ideal way that God intended for human beings to live and that's meant to apply to everything. I believe that's meant to not just apply to spiritual issues, that's meant to apply to the arts, that's meant to apply to music and dance and creativity and what have you. Um, so for me, one of the ways I'm trying to find my footing in how to express God's kingdom, not just in theological, um, theological spheres, but also in, in uh, the arts is, number one, obviously I have a graphic design business and I primarily try and serve Christian entrepreneurs, Christian style businesses, churches and charities. Um, so that's you know, those are my main clients in my graphic design work. On the other hand, um, I've always had an interest in fiction um, in writing fiction, and uh, you know I actually studied to be a filmmaker that was actually that's actually what my degree is in and I'm still you know trying to find my footing um, which relates to what I was talking about before in terms of conscience before my conscience wouldn't have let me make you know make movies that weren't um, christ infused, if you get what I mean that weren't explicitly about Christian theology, like that was the question I really asked myself was you know how how can I as a Christian make movies that um, glorify biblical principles but aren't necessarily all about Bible stories if you get what I'm saying and it was through reading a book called Hollywood Worldviews by a guy called uh, Brian Gaddawa that I really opened me up to how I as a Christian can use my creativity to put forth biblical messages just like what you said that sometimes messages put into movie form can sometimes be more impactful than if you actually put it into um into a textbook or something like that. And one of the things I learned from this book is that people in the world are far more wise when it comes to this than Christians are. Um, people in the world are very or let's say non believers are very and they don't always do this with malicious intent, but people will have an agenda and they'll be putting forth their you know maybe their worldview and they'll infuse it into their movies in a way that isn't obvious um and the scripture that kind of comes to mind when I think about how we as Christians should be is wise as serpents and gentle as doves um and I do believe there is a place for more on the nose movie making but it's kind of opened me up to the idea that you know there's a way to communicate our worldview without being so on the nose in a way that um, you'll be able to sneak it past some certain people's defences to the point where they've already almost bought into the message before they realise where it's come from. Um, and again, I believe that there's there's a place for that and there's a place for being explicit. And it's really going to depend on the audience and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. But all of this to say that my that you know my, my central point is that being part of the kingdom of God. I believe we're meant to take biblical principles and apply it to everything. So that's music, arts, economics, health, education, business, everything. And I'm not saying we just take a Christian label and we slap it on everything, but rather we show people the Christ-like way to do everything, that that's really what we should do. Um, and I believe that that's where, that's the point that we're no longer just... Um, speaking a testimony but living being a living testimony you're now living out the kingdom rather than just talking about the kingdom and i think that's really what the right the writer of hebrews was talking about towards the end of chapter five and the beginning of chapter six where he's you know finishes off talking about melchizedek and and he says you know of these things i have much to say but you cannot like you cannot handle it right now because you you guys are needing someone to take you back to the elementary principles of christ you need milk rather than solid food and then in chapter six he then goes on to define what that milk is and the, the most astonishing thing is what he defines as milk is what most christians will actually major on and teach on you know um and he, he, he talks about you know resurrection from the dead and, and, and you know baptisms and repentance from dead works and laying of hands and judgments and all the basics really like so salvation uh, coming to faith you know the the cross like he doesn't use those terms but it's like he's hinting He's you know he's circling that same area saying like those are the basics you know that's that's those are the elementary principles of Christ that's the foundation and then we build upon that foundation we're not meant to keep laying that foundation we should now build upon it so we have the biblical worldview we have the biblical principle as our foundation and I think living out the kingdom and making something christian quote unquote is now building on top of that foundation but building in a way that is creative building in a way that um is innovative uh but building in a way where we honor the purpose for which god made us which is to be a reflection of his sovereign rule over the earth to conform the world to his principles and secondly to serve mankind um and serve their needs that's what I believe uh, we're meant to do as the kingdom and that's what I believe we're meant to do as Christians um, and that's what I think it means to really you know live in the kingdom of God so um, I hope that answers your question or at least gives um, you know space to kind of expand and, and, and open up the discussion out but um, I definitely go into all of this in far more detail in my book. Um, Because that is a very big part of, you know, that pretty much is what the book is about. It's about what is the kingdom, um, what is the history of the kingdom, what happened to the kingdom, and what happens to us as Christians when we start living out the
1: kingdom properly. Oh man, I. Oh! God definitely has something in you that needs to be given to other people. (laughs) I'm. I am so cheering you on in writing this book. I'm excited to read it. I will literally be looking forward to the day when I can buy it and pass it along to other people. Um, Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to what God's going to share with you and share through you for the rest of of his people and for people who are searching. So yeah, thank you for taking those call-ins and taking the time to answer them. I know this is a busy time for you, new baby. And um, <laughs> my kids are outside playing tag. So uh, maybe I'll call, call back in a minute. Um, so yeah, uh, I just wanted to say, um, from like a very personal point of view, my dad, um, he passed away in 2009, and he was on I can't even tell you how many of the things you say are are like the next step after what he was beginning to say back in like 2005, 6, 7, 8, and 9 before he passed away. Just the whole concept of the kingdom and really wrestling and grappling with what Hebrews is talking about and Melchizedek and um, there's been other things that you've shared that remind me of that. And so it's exciting to me because it's like, I'm getting to see like it's a, like God's still moving in this. Like it's not, um, it's not far off. I think there is definitely a turning point happening where Christians are ready to hear about the kingdom. You know, um, yeah. So, just this whole concept of the church getting hold of the idea of the kingdom versus the church being so focused on evangelism and not that we need to lose the focus but that those of us who who are um, I don't know I don't want to I don't want to box it up like that <laughs> I just think there's a complementary um, work to be done with training people in the idea of the kingdom and presenting that alongside evangelism that would cohesively work together to do what God wants us to do a whole lot faster than us just trying to all individually do our pieces I think there's a much more um, I think there's a stronger unity in the body of Christ to be had and I think that it starts in this understanding of kingdom so I am very excited to hear you talking about this
0: thanks again for the call-ins and um especially you know your your uh, at anticipation of the book um just as i have mentioned before uh, to anyone else listening at some point nearer the completion of the book i will be launching a kickstarter campaign to try and raise some funds to um self-publish and do a few other like you know nice exciting things to go along with the book so you know anyone who is interested or anyone you think will be interested please do um let them know once it launches or you know just put them onto the anchor and hopefully they'll uh dip in some time and and, and get some stuff from it but um yo yeah, on the back of your comments about the unity of the body um i do believe based on first corinthians 12 that the true unity in the body of christ uh, can only come from acknowledging our differences uh, respecting our differences. Um, but also realising that our differences are valuable. Um, and I think that equi- applies across the board. Um, it starts, I believe, from um, our ethnic distinctions. Um, there is a strong move in in some areas of the church to try and blur those lines and make out as though um, our national and ethnic distinctions aren't important because we're in Christ. When in actual fact, no, they are important because uh, God wants every nation represented in His kingdom, according to you know Revelation 21. Um, so there's that. And then there's also uh, you know kind of denominational differences i really do believe like you know people may not agree with me on this but i do believe that part of the reason we have so many denominations may be connected to this idea of the body having been you know being composed of different members with different roles and functions um so case in point people who may come from a more baptist background are far more uh, proficient at um studying the word of god breaking it down verse by verse and expanding on it in his context then say someone from a pentecostal background would be um but then again someone from a pentecostal background is far more um proficient and knowledgeable about the thing you know spiritual things uh in in terms of uh the supernatural realm and uh spiritual goings-on in that area um, and even in some in some areas i found not in all areas but in some areas even Uh, concepts of holiness are found to be a bit stronger in Pentecostal charismatic circles than in certain Baptist circles so you know people from um, the more uh, spiritual gift side of the fence may be more adverse to say certain TV shows and um, dabbling in certain areas where people on the Baptist side may be a bit more loose and you know that that may be issues of maturity on either one side but it just to me that just emphasizes the fact that different parts of the body all have something to offer Um, and I think the true unity of the church is in realising that though we're Distinct, that doesn't mean we're fragmented. It means that we all have a purpose to serve, and our true unity will come when we accept our differences and actually pull our resources um, together to actually work to something bigger. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, again another big theme in the book is presenting that bigger picture and saying, okay, this is the big picture, these are the stakes, um, this is the objective, and this is how we can all come together to make that reality. So uh, yeah, thanks again for for calling in. Hey, congratulations on the baby, Mr. Feet for thoughts. I just wanted to say that to you. hadn't had a chance to uh, good to hear you on Anchor again, I haven't been on a whole lot myself, but looking forward to getting some more dialogue in, and uh, I actually paused in the middle of your litmus test response uh, to say this before I ended up running out of time, but anyway, congratulations on the baby, I uh, hope everything continues to to do well, and heal, and grow, and prosper and, and, uh, in service of the Lord, so uh, yeah man, have a great one.